0: You're listening to the first episode of a special three-part mini-series of bonus content for Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. This mini-series satisfies the associated knowledge product requirements for Simon Cardinal to complete his Master of Arts in Leadership degree program from Royal Roads University. Over the course of the miniseries, you will hear how Simon's research helped answer his primary inquiry of question of, how might the Canadian Armed Forces better align education initiatives and opportunities for senior non-commissioned members to enhance their success at the strategic leadership team level? In this episode, Simon will briefly talk about his learning journey provide a brief overview of the Master of Arts in Leadership program, and tie it all together by discussing the topic of his Engaged Leadership Project. So break out your earbuds, get comfy, set the treadmill speed, or take the dog for a walk, because here's your host, Simon Cardinal.
1: Hi folks, thanks for tuning in. We have a great show lined up for you today. Stovall 2006 once said that education is a lifelong journey whose destination expands as you travel and so in this three-part mini-series you will hear a bit about my learning journey how it shaped my engaged leadership project and the final results of my research but I don't want to wait any longer let's get right to it The Master of Arts in Leadership degree is a two-year, part-time, blended program offered at Royal Roads University in Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. This program is designed with a curriculum that supports competency learning in personal mastery, collaborative and strategic leadership, learning creativity and innovation, engaged inquiry, systems change, and evidence-based scholarship. Near the end of the program, students are required to choose between a thesis or an action-oriented project meant to help a challenge at a workplace or in the community. But folks, here's the thing. I don't have an undergraduate degree, and because of this, I believed like most people that a master's degree was always going to be out of reach. But timing is very, very important, and a colleague of mine happened to be at this point in his master's journey. He told me about the school's flexible admission process and that it looks at the sum of a person's life and career experiences, not solely based on their academic background. I was intrigued, and I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so I don't think I need to tell you what choice I made and how we have ultimately ended up here about to start talking about my research topic. My research topic of how the Canadian Armed Forces can support its senior non-commissioned members in strategic leadership team positions by enhancing its educational initiatives is a result of my experiences throughout the MAL program, specifically the first residency. You see, my cohort had 38 people in it, and I happened to be the only currently serving member in the entire cohort. And so suddenly, here I was without any other military people to cling to, and to be completely honest, it was frightening. But there I was, knee-deep in this master's program, no longer wrapped in the safety and familiarity of professional military education, where we all talk the same way, we all write the same way, and most often we all think the same way. But not only was I doing this master's degree, I was flourishing, and my residency experience opened my mind to new ideas and new ways of thinking, and honestly, I loved all of it. And as I was progressing along this learning journey, I could see clear as day the value that these seemingly new ideas and concepts would bring to the senior non-commissioned member corps by broadening worldviews, enhancing critical thinking and understanding a deeper level of systems thinking and how it relates to the Canadian Armed Forces and intergovernmental affairs. And I absolutely knew that I had to continue exploring how to bring these concepts to the senior NCMs of the Canadian Armed Forces to support their journey towards becoming the most effective strategic leadership team partners possible. And so my research topic was born. Welcome back. Now, while I'm sure you all want to hear about the findings and recommendations, and trust me, I get it, I really want to tell you about them, I think it's important to understand the methodology behind the research and how the research was conducted so that a complete picture has been painted in your minds of how I came to these end results. My research project was qualitative in nature because, as Saldana and Omasta 2018 noted, qualitative research has a way of unifying seemingly unrelated forms of data, I also chose qualitative research because of its ability to understand social processes, find patterns in textual and visual materials, and also for its ability to interpret social relationships as they relate to military societal norms. For my data collection methods, I chose to use focus groups because as Gibbs 1997 noted, focus group research is useful for revealing through interaction the beliefs, attitudes, experiences, and feelings of participants in ways in which would not be feasible using other methods such as individual interviews, observations, or questionnaires. And in my experiences in the CAF, quite often Canadian Armed Forces members like to use real-world experiences to emphasize specific points that they are trying to convey. And considering that focus groups tend to be a more conversational format, I guess that this data gathering method would feel more natural to the participants, thereby putting them at ease, and then hopefully I would gain even more data. Data? Data? Anyways, whatever. (music) Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, Royal Roads University took the very wise precaution to mandate that every reasonable effort had to be made to virtually conduct our research. It turned out that that was actually a blessing in disguise for me because as Myers 2020 observed, focus groups are now being seen as a powerful new opportunity for researchers to quickly reach more diverse populations. And so for my research, the use of virtual focus groups opened windows of opportunity by allowing me to send invitations across the country, thereby increasing the possibility of an even wider breadth of experience and knowledge. And for my focus groups, I engaged three levels of the organization. Future strategic non-commission members, strategic non-commission members who are currently in a strategic leadership team, and commanders who are currently in a strategic leadership team. Each focus group was asked the same set of questions and the responses were then collected, synthesized, and compared using a qualitative comparative analysis. The makeup of the ELP course is such that small teams or pods of fellow MAL students are created to support each other during the research process. My two pod mates are civilians and have almost no concept of anything military, which for my research was perfect. And this was because the majority of the participants were either a senior rank in a senior position or both. Therefore, the potential for a power over challenge may have existed. So to negate the possibility of this power over happening, I asked my research partners to be the facilitators for the focus groups and they graciously agreed. They facilitated the focus groups and interviews for our current senior non members who are in a strategic leadership team and for the officers who are currently in strategic leadership teams. Me? Well, I acted as the facilitator for the future strategic non members because I was either the same rank or one rank below any of the participants, and the potential for a power-over concern was negligible. Probably one of the most famous military sayings is that no plan survives first contact, and my research plan was no exception to the rule. Due to technological challenges and unforeseen scheduling conflicts, the officer focus group was unable to happen. However, I had a backup plan of conducting one-on-one interviews and my research partners were tremendously patient with me and agreed to perform these interviews for me. The interviews were with an officer as well as some of the senior non-commissioned members who were unable to attend the focus groups, but were very keen on contributing to the research project. I owe my research partners a huge debt of gratitude, and I'll be forever grateful for their help throughout this entire process. I know what you're thinking you are thinking that we are about to get to the meat of it and really dive into the data and we are but not until the next episode so if the anticipation is simply too much for you I have great news this entire mini-series was dropped at the same time so all you need to do is sit back press play in the next episode and enjoy And considering this episode, the first in the three-part miniseries, is is all done now, you don't have to wait very long. You can get right into the meat of it. And so, my friends, thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time.
0: Well, there you have it. A few glorious minutes of discussions about how the Canadian Armed Forces can enhance its educational initiatives to better support its senior non-commissioned members for their roles within strategic leadership teams. But wait, we aren't done. If you want to hear more, all you need to do is press play on the next episode and you will hear details of the findings, conclusions, and limitations of Simon's Engaged Leadership Project. This bonus episode of Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front, is brought to you by Simon's Research Project, supported by iGlen Studios. Music provided by Asha Malov Music.